I'm Gary Butterfield. I'm Brayton Cameron. And I'm Jim Stormdancer, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Gary Butterfield, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Well, I bring last names to the show. Uh, for one, I set that precedent. Um, yeah, you, you may know me uh, from podcasts and such on the DuckFeed.tv network. It's me. It's good stuff. Bonfire Side Chapman. DuckFeed.tv network. It is. It is a good. It is a good feed. It's that kind of feed, and it's .tv, so you know we're a little bit different. <laughs> it's not like a .com or a .net. It's been a while since you made video content. We don't really do that, and my my lovely, lovely, lovely friend Cole is defensive about the .tv thing, so I don't tease him about it that much. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, it was very in, I think. I think there is radio, .radio TLD now. Yeah, yeah we, could, we could definitely change it. We can do .everything now. Yep. You do those custom ones. So we could do it as like dot coal. Ooh. Or, you know, or uh, any, or dot dotty. Mm-hmm. Like his cat. Duckfeed dotty TV. Uh, but it's, it's podcast about video games mostly. It's recommended. It's good stuff. Thank you. And Brayton, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Hi, I'm Brayton. Uh, I have not been on the show before, so you might not know me. Uh, but I was on such fabulous defunct uh now defunct uh, duck feed shows as Teenage Dirtbags and The Pitch. Uh, speaking of The Pitch, you guys, I, uh, everybody who bottles water gets it from a mountain spring. And I have been thinking, why go high when you can go low? Brayton's bubbly bog water. <laughs> hey, I love a t- case of Triple B delivered directly to my house. Can you drone strike a BBB to my house? Yeah, <laughs> airdrop it. That's a thing the kids say. Yeah. New, new bubbly just dropped. It's uh, even more minerals than mineral water. Yeah, it's it's got a it's a real earthy taste. Mm. I can taste it right now. Peat bog, peat bogs, Wade bogs. That's what I was thinking of. Peat rose. We didn't select your uh, what are you drinking topic for the itinerary. Is this your way of like sneaking it in there? <laughs> it, it does have a musical sting, Jim. It does. <laughs> I should borrow that from you guys. Yeah. Earthers, truthers. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Moon landing? I don't think so. What really happened at the grass knoll? The Bilderberg Group. The Bilderberg Group. Illuminati. Illuminati's House of Pies. Secret, secret, secret. Yeah, yeah, real quick. What you drinking? I'm drinking water. It's regular tap water. I'm drinking a 1B. I didn't have the the 3B yet because I just learned about it, but I'm drinking a bubbly brand uh, sparkly water, and it is grapefruit flavored. That sounds pretty good. It's good. It's more intense than a LaCroix. Just so my answer isn't completely boring. (laughs) Add a packet of Kool-Aid to it. Very good. I was drinking coffee from AMPM. Ooh, Ooh. the gas station that works in both. (laughs) Yes. What are you drinking, B? I am drinking an Elysian Contact Haze Hazy IPA, brought to you by Elysian, the people that make beer. Contact Haze. I noticed neither of you were drinking water. Is this why you have that segment? Because you always are drinking something interesting? I'm I'm drinking water. I'm drinking uh, bubbly water. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but it's not loser water like I've got. I, I also have a water backup when my beer runs out. Mm, smart. Is it a camel pack? Yeah. <laughs> I have it strapped to my back. Uh, every time I lean back in my chair, a little bit squirts out and it is uncomfortable. I've got a beer bong full of water. <laughs> Anything could be a bong is what uh, I learned in high school and I didn't even smoke pot. <laughs> uh, are we ready to start on some topics? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cowboy jokes. Uh, Gary, your topic is Spirit Halloween's YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, the algorithm, which is ordinarily not great, suggested I, I was uh, watching Nick Lutzko uh, videos. And he does a couple of them that are about the theme song for Spirit Halloween as novelty songs. And then it shunted me onto Spirit Halloween's actual YouTube channel, which is amazing. It is either 10 second long clips just introducing you to an animatronic 
you know, so it'll be like, here's Haunted Scarecrow, and then Haunted Scarecrow says hi. Or there'll be like five minute long kind of narratives around a theme, like here are all of our farm spookies, <laughs> and here's all the carnival scaries and stuff. And there's also makeup tutorials, which I haven't watched because I don't put on a lot of Halloween makeup. But it is, uh, you know, if you ever want to just have a cataloged every spirit Halloween animatronic and a short little sizzle reel, it's there for you. The, the production quality on these was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Did it make you want to buy a uh, Spirit Halloween animatronic scarecrow of some kind? Well, yeah, until I remembered that, like, what they, I remember what they actually look like in the store, which is, like, the, the cheapest bullshit you can imagine. <laughs> they're, they're, they're very uh, gaunt a lot of the times. Yeah. It's like, if you want something in an underfed Michael Myers, uh-huh. like, Spirit Halloween is the place for it. That's how, that's how they pass the savings on to you. They they cut back on the feedings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Their Michael Myers does not get very much robo chow. So they, they give you them at, uh, you know, malnourished. But if I had like a, f- a fog machine and also w- everybody coming to the door, like had to look at it through the same lens that they shot it through. Mm-hmm. I think then it, it would be a really, a really solid uh, spooky experience. You got to Vaseline up all the neighborhood kids' eyes. Yeah. So it's, it's like they're walking around with a fog machine. So so what you need to do is is set up on either side of you your house is you need to get your neighbors to give Vaseline to the kids so they can grease up their own eyes when they get to your house. Is that the idea? That would do it. Um, and also you can eat Vaseline. Can you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think so. I think so. It's not, it seems non-toxic. I've seen people put it on their mouth. Vaseline almost anywhere. I, I don't know. There's something about that that just really makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> the uh, I, I used to, I haven't done it in a long time, but when I go and do sensory deprivation, um, they give you some Vaseline there to put on any cuts you have. So when you get into the salt water, it doesn't sting. Oh, yeah. that's smart. It works. So it's good stuff. So it'd work in this case. I don't see why it wouldn't work in this case as well. Uh, Brayden, did you watch any of these videos? I, I did not. I just looked at the YouTube page, and uh, and there was no no part that I could scroll to on the videos where there wasn't a scary clown. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I I wasn't trying to activate your your flock. I just want to point out, according to Vaseline.com, Vaseline jelly meets FDA requirements for being safe for human consumption. Hell yeah. Meet you back on the menu, boys. <laughs> let's, let's chow down. Safe for human consumption seems like a very low bar. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not food. I bet it has calories. Yeah. Oh, like probably, it, it's probably calorie dense. Yeah. You know, so if you really, if you were in a hunger scarcity situation, you could uh, you could definitely eat it. And if you want to add flavor to it, I imagine it takes a Kool-Aid packet like no business. Right, right. If people, <laughs> if people put up their wallpaper using Vaseline. Mm-hmm. Then, then it would be okay for me to eat the wallpaper. Yeah, the what this reminded me of was I can't remember the name of the channel, but I'll find it for the show notes. Uh, it was a, a very similar t- in concept to the Spirit Halloween channel, but it was for like restaurant supplies. So, like I found first, I found this a uh, machine. It was like a six hundred dollar machine you would use to make. The cut for a bloomin' onion. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. An onion so bloomer? you put the onion in there and you pull a lever and it suddenly it's like it's got a you know the thousand cuts in it. You can dip it in batter and deep fry it. It's bloomed. And I was just like, I spent the next half hour going through like all these different like, oh, I could spend seven hundred dollars on this on this like espresso machine. I mean, seven hundred dollars and a, a van and a deep fryer, and you've got yourself a business. You're right. Yeah. If the blooming onion thing was six hundred dollars, and a regular blooming onion is eight ninety nine, that would pay for itself. Well, yeah, and uh, like a lot of the a lot of the video was talking about like the the economics of it, specifically about how like how do those steakhouses charge so little for their meats? It's because they 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 can charge so much for their appetizers. Yeah, and drinks. So did they did they mention any other things you could bloom? <laughs> no but let's go through the list <laughs> yeah. oh, I, blooming grapefruit would probably be all right yeah blooming potato 
Oh, blooming potato is he? Yeah, uh, uh, blooming grapefruit just sounds like a uh, like an eyeball hazard for someone in the room. Yeah. Well, all of these things are going to get juice. Everyone's tearing up when they're making the blooming. <laughs> the blooming onion room is incredibly sad. You know, everybody's crying from all those blooms. It's first things would be good. Blooming potatoes really up there. Uh, any vegetable really. We're just talking about tempura. Right. <laughs> yep. so yeah. Blooming mushrooms, like hell yeah. Yeah. One of those like weird oyster mushrooms where it's all just one big non-Euclidean piece. Yeah, you have to slice off. Those things are scary, but that's why you have to destroy it in the bloom and onion maker. Yeah, you have to, what they say is when you bloom your enemy, you rob them of power. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you deep fry them and you eat the power. Yeah, and then you gain the power. It's, they made Mega Man about it. Yeah, I was going to make a Highlander joke, but yours is better. <laughs> so I, I just want, I wanted to spread Spirit Halloween's YouTube channel awareness more than anything. It's real good. Or I mean, based on three videos that I watched. It, it's, a, it's a good way to go into a fugue state and have something on the background while you're doing anything. I think that's a thing we could all use right now. Yeah. Agreed. You can start your shopping early. Uh, are we ready for another topic? Uh, yeah. Tales from corporate America. Brayton, your topic is a drug you never want to try. Yeah, I, I picked this because uh, I watched a, a video about a, a Redditor that went missing after uh, posting in a hallucinogen subreddit about getting some Datura seeds. Mm. And I was like, oh, what? Are, I don't even know what Datura is. Let's look this up. And it's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's horrifying. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know why anyone wants to do it. So are you are you guys familiar with it at all? No, I've never heard of it. No, I've never heard of it either. Datura me, daddy. Yeah, so it is. Uh, it comes from the Datura flower. It's some seeds. One of the things that's scary about it is no one's been able to figure out uh, what is a non-deadly dose of it. <laughs> um, like some people, it takes a lot to be effective. Some people, it takes very little and then they die. So like, that's just not very great. Not, not a good start. The primary effects can last several days. And then there's like <laughs> possibly weeks of like minimal effects following that. Good Lord. <laughs> You're getting a lot of value for your money here. Yeah, and uh, what I think is probably the scariest thing is is that it, it, this guy, um, what is his name, Dr. David Luke, who is a uh, uh, psychedelic aficionado, if you will, uh, refers to it as the only true hallucinogen because there is part of the Datura high or hallucination that convinces you that the hallucinations are real, that everything is normal, and that is the scariest part to me. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a torture drug uh, to me. Like that sounds like something you would do if you were onboarding or offboarding somebody into or out of a cult. Yeah, like as, yeah. just as a hazing ritual. Well, no, like or just to to alter their reality so they would believe, you know, whatever you needed them to believe. Either like you know the the leader of the cult is is good. Here's a you know look at him there. He's the high five and Aquaman. Or like, <laughs> hey, the leader of the cult is cult is bad. Look at him here. He's under the bridge selling celebrity maps. Oh, right. You know, with Anthony Kiedis. Like I don't I, either either or. Like it just seems like you would use that to alter reality in evil ways. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds horrible to me. And the the last several days to several weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a that's a wide window. I think I think the, the one of the worst parts of, of that taking so long is that if you've already been normalized to hallucinogens like uh you know if the hallucinogen is is making everything seem normal you wouldn't really know when it stopped yeah yep you think you like enter the matrix or exited the matrix it is a true pill experience no thanks yeah big no thanks what, what do you what's your least drug you want to do jim well i can't beat that one unless like i guess i could go hemlock <laughs> yeah it's more of a body high than <laughs> right yeah, we got hemlock in the backyard, by the way. We keep like seeing it and then ripping it out. But there's like a, we've got some sort of gopher or something that is digging up the seeds from deep underground and, and then they land in the shallow dirt and grow. It's, it's fucked up. That's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it was good enough for Socrates. That's right. But my son is no Socrates. I'll tell you that much. Hopefully the gopher 
you know, gets high on his own supply before <laughs> any of you guys do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what came to mind for me was um, Salvia Divinorum, which I, I don't have any firsthand experience with this or any of the other drugs I'm about to talk about. Uh, but <laughs> a friend of mine was talking about how uh, he had tried LSD and then described a high, which was like the 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 cornflakes rooster. Is it a is it a rooster on the cornflakes box? Yes. Anyway, there's a cereal rooster <laughs> that like peeled <laughs> off and grabbed a butcher knife and started chasing him. And it was just like he was just your mind is fully convinced that this is actually happening. Can can I put a, a bookmark of that in real quick and just think of the idea of a cereal cereal rooster, but spelled the other way? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm continuously being a rooster. Yeah, he's he's constantly just like hanging out in libraries, like sitting on the fence on his feet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you have to to be a cereal rooster. Uh, you have to like at some point stop being a rooster and then start again. Like you have to go back and. Uh, I don't know. Egg form. Well, you just have to, uh, uh, yeah, I assume break into people's homes and build a nest, right? That's kind of what roosting is. Like, that Oh, sure. Be, yeah. As the verb you form. Go that route. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Harris's new novel. Uh, I don't want to be chased by any serial max- mascots, though. That would also freak me out. Yeah. Was it, it, Salvia was the fake marijuana that like was out for a while or am I thinking of something else? I'm pretty sure that's something else. I don't think anybody would try to, unless they were a big asshole, would try to convince you that this is the same thing. Okay. It was the same sort of thing. But then I was talking to another friend who I trust more, like who's done a bunch more drugs. From the way he describes the respective highs of LSD and salvia divinorum, what my previous friend who had the rooster experience had was not an LSD experience. That was a salvia experience where like it is a, you get you and you don't know what kind of experience you could get. It could actually be a good one, but like you, you have no control of it and you're just fully convinced in the moment. And it sounds just like, why would anybody do that to themselves? Is is the good version, the rooster from the cereal comes to life and like talks you up? Or gives you career advice or something, or or, or sucks your dick, or yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, had he, like, had he been eating frosted flakes, it would have been a totally different experience. Yes. It would have been great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, this is how people get shanghaied into Captain Crunch's army. Like th- this is how you end up uh, being conscripted. Yeah, into oops. the Crunch Corps. Oops, I'll sell you. <laughs> the uh I, i've been extremely scared of uh addiction oh sure lately as, as a concept like uh you know watching movies and stuff where people are addicted so any hardcore addictive drug uh is very scary to me like a psychedelic that makes me you know have this bad experience but will end is scary but what is more scary is like wanting to sell all my stuff in order to like it's like, I'm not trying to make light of it. It's just a terrifying idea to me. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't like statistically like 80% of people that try cocaine become addicted to it or something like that. Sounds right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot in high school. There was a dude who I remember, um, I can't remember his name right now, but, uh, a teacher was talking about in health class was talking about cocaine and he said, uh, you know, not as a joke, uh, cocaine's not addictive. I do it every day. Huh. Uh, to the teacher. <laughs> so it's like, you know, not, and I was like, ah, huh. It's a galaxy brain take. That is, yeah, absolutely. And like, I, I'm not naive enough to think that like, I'm not addicted to caffeine or whatever. Like, of course I am, but yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's not the same thing. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like most of the U S is addicted to caffeine. It's, and it's considered to be, uh, it's considered to be like a, it's a productivity booster. It's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's, and there's a lot of, you know, people like, Oh, why is that a good thing? And and this other thing isn't a good thing. Well, it's like, yeah, cause it doesn't, your teeth don't fall out and you don't, you know, sell all your stuff. That's just cause it, you get a dry mouth. Like if you just hydrate better, your teeth aren't going to fall out or, yeah. <laughs> or so I assume. Yeah. Just bloom yourself up an orange <laughs> and get your C that way. Yeah. Just eat an orange once in a while. I mean, that, that is a staple of, of people high on, on cocaine is the idea of wanting to start a restaurant, right? That is a stereotype. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that fits well, you know, so you would just have a blooming onion machine hanging around. So you get that urban legend of the babysitter blooming the baby. Ugh. 
you know, while, while on California cheeseburgers or something. <laughs> Is that another drug yeah. that I don't know about? <laughs> That's the, uh, it's a, I, I watched a movie recently for, uh, for the network it sounded like people were constantly making up fake drug slang and it's like you got that skilch in there <laughs> score me that scuzzo <laughs> it's like the iced tea bot yeah yeah <laughs> uh are we ready for another topic yes i think so got a magma you got a clefty you got a snorlax boy he's hefty you got a pichu you got a venonat it don't get much smaller than that. Then come the medium boys. They make a medium noise. They play with medium toys. But this bracket, it ain't about that. Nah, I reach for the skies. We got a tournament just about poker size. That is to say, in other words, what I suggest. We determine which Pokemon is biggest. Pressure Ram out. So my topic is this list of people's favorite mugs and how to generalize it. And then I have a link to a Twitter thread, but I'll, you can look at it if you want, but uh, I'll just describe it here. It's a, uh, somebody saying that I need for research, I need a bunch of pictures of men's favorite mugs. And then it gets like a thousand replies of people's mugs and why they like them. And this is just really like, I think it's a lot like what you were, what you got out of the spirit Halloween channel of like, this is just a, it's nice. It's nice to scroll through this and see all these people's like tiny sources of joy in their lives. It's similar in that they're both very sincere. Yeah. And, and I feel like this might be, um, social media, like the it playing to the s strengths of social media, like at its best mm. where like you would, you could see a, a thread like this in a forum with a dozen replies, but you're not going to get a thousand replies. I'm scrolling through it now. The, uh, yeah, it's cute. It, it's very wholesome and, uh, it, kind of surprising. Um, honestly, I expected more like number one dad bugs or something. Well, there are some of those, but yeah. But but also like not just the mugs themselves, but also the huge variety of reasons people like mugs. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a nice like just like it's an, it's interesting to catalog all the 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 various ways someone can like a mug. Well, the, there are like cultural angles too. Like there's a guy down here who has a Dunkin' Donuts mug, and my first impulse was like, oh, that's really generic. But then he's like, this is my uh, Dunkin' mug that I got from America. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, like if you're not from the United States, you know, uh, maybe that's pretty neat to, to go to this novelty donut place. Yeah. 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 I've got one of those. I got one of those from Germany, like in 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 East. I think it's just in East Berlin, but maybe East Germany, Germany in general or what used to be East Berlin. They have these crosswalks that are very distinctive, like just a cute silhouette of a guy holding a newspaper and it's just very striking and they, they sell because, because it's such an iconic aspect of, of East Berlin specifically, like one of the only aspects of East Berlin that people still like and want to keep around. They, they were selling in gift shops. They were selling mugs of them. And I took one home and it's just like, yeah, I'll drink coffee out of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's super wholesome. Uh, mugs are really expressive in terms of like dishware, you know, which, which I like. It's a really fun and consistently fun thing. If you go to a thrift store Oh yeah, to, to look at the mugs. Uh, you find all kinds of just real weird shit like, oh, here's 70 copies of this, you know, retirement mug, you know, mm -hmm. for some kind yeah. of like East Moline Metalworks party, a retirement party. And, um, you know, just just bizarre little historical tidbits and such. Yeah. I'm reminded of I don't think this was a mug, but I, I can't remember what it was now. I feel like it was like a, a trivet, like something you put a hot pot on. But my grandfather worked at Grumman and he had a, a, some sort of iconography in the kitchen that said joint stars and stars was an acronym. And it was like a fucking, a, a star like in the sky shooting a lightning bolt at a tank. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I think that he was working on one of the projects that he was working on at Grumman was uh, like, a satellite guided la like laser, like at the end of Akira or some shit. I don't know. That's certainly what it sounds like. That makes me think of, uh, there's this book that came out maybe around 2005, 2005. It was called, uh, I could tell you, but then you would have to be destroyed by me. 
And it was this, <laughs> this guy who was collecting like special patches for projects from the Air Force and the Army that were like secret projects. And uh, I don't know if he was just like hanging out at bars, like that were close to bases and talking to people. And that's how he got his hands on some of them. But there's some like really kind of uh, almost disturbing patches. Like the, I remember one in particular was a dragon like clutching the world in its hands with like spreading its wings that had American flags on the inside. I'm like, that's, I don't like that. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> not the patriotism dragon. who is bigger than the earth but still (laughs) pro-america like well america was its baby the earth is its egg that hatches a tiny little america baby oh that's (laughs) cute i'm baby sam (laughs) (laughs) i love that this uh this thread i love the ones where it's just like a white mug and then like the the commentary is like it's actually you know it's white (laughs) I'm like, I know, buddy. <laughs> like, I'm glad you like your mug. The the picture. Do do you do you fellas have a favorite mug? I posted in the thread. I uh, my the mug is one that my wife got me, and it's the words Super Daddio using Mario iconography, like the Mario font, and then Mario stuff in the background. That's cute. Yeah, that's great. Gary gifted me a mug one year uh, with my face, uh, Will's face, and his face on it. And uh, the names of the quote, the house boys, which were uh, Dad Boy Prime, uh, <laughs> the something Grung, right? Shadow of Grung. Shadow of Grung. And what was the third one? The Quam. The QA. The Quam. The Q-A-M. Q-A-M. Yeah. Just giving us silly names and silly fonts. Uh, so I could use Chiller and Joker Man. <laughs> Um, I, my favorite thing about that image, I still have mine, even though the handle broke off is that I just made Will like much bigger than us. Uh, and I, I can't remember why. Was Will the shadow of Grung? I, I don't know if we, if we, uh, named him, I, I think, or claimed him. I know you were dad boy prime though. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> like that's the one I'm sure of. I don't remember <laughs> the other one. Um, I bought the back when there were conventions before pandemic, uh, we went to the, uh, Portland craft expo and I bought a really, really beautiful, huge coffee cup with a beholder on it, uh, uh-huh. with different like hand handmade, like it's, it is my favorite mug. That's good. Uh, it's real nice. That sounds great. So for another example of this kind of thread, uh, Andy bio every year for his birthday today, which is why I thought of it. Post a tweet asking for people's clipboards and then like a thousand people will just hit reply, then hit control V and then hit tweet. And it's, it's a huge variety of like, sometimes it's, you know, here's the, here's the Wikipedia page I was looking at or the YouTube video I was pasting to somebody or like, here's a snippet of code. And that's another like example that I really am into where like just you're just getting a little window into people's lives. And I want more of this, but what you usually see and what I'm trying to figure out right now is like, is this my own prejudice? Uh, because what you usually see w- along these lines is like, you know, quote tweet this with like, it would be posting a, li- a, a picture of a bunch of game controllers and asking you which one you started with. Yeah. Yeah, which is I think is a lot less interesting. Because well, there's like a self-selection part of it, right? Like the spirit of this is to actually get like a candid window. This is like a, a spy camera shot of somebody's, you know, uh, computer life as opposed to the kind of computer life they want to curate and present on a very limited kind of axis. Maybe that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just guessing. I'm not trying to tell you what you, what you find fascinating about it, but. Yeah, the, what I'm trying to get to eventually is like, you know, if I'm if the internet gets me down as it often does, I want like a, a list of these threads I can go to to like to relax. Uh, it's gonna be difficult on Twitter, I think, because yeah. Twitter by volume is ninety percent like, you know, what what sword opinions have guys with swords pointing at you like this, and then you know somebody yeah. who's like a knife is not a sword, and then just a bunch of people arguing with them. Yeah. If you make the knife big enough, right? Yeah. Well, you know, there's two schools of thought on the matter, Braden. Uh, <laughs> Go on. Um, I can't. The, uh, I was just pulling an example out of my, my dick. But yeah, I, the, super wholesome. Yeah. 
Are we ready for another topic? Yes. Yeah. How did they name that? For this topic, we are going to be watching uh, Devo, theme from Dr. Detroit, the music video at one quarter speed. Uh, whenever you're ready to hit play, uh, I, I'll count down. We'll count down from three and we hit play on zero. Perfect. Okay. Are you good? Yeah. Three, two, one, play. Uh, so I watched this video a, a little bit ahead of time uh, at full uh-huh. at regular speed. Um, it, was it off sync? Like the sound off sync for for our, you guys too, or is it just me? Uh, I don't remember if that's the case or not. This was uploaded by the really big nothing. It's not like the official Devo channel. Yeah, there, there. As far as I know, there isn't like a Devo Vivo, which would be pretty good. Yeah, it's, 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 it sells itself. Uh, it, have you either of you seen this movie? I, I feel like I saw it when I was like. 10 or 12 but i have no real memory of it um i think maybe i've just seen screenshots and it's triggering a fake memory or something but yeah yeah. right now we're looking at this dude speed walking and i watched a video uh that was just like the intro to dr detroit and it was this guy speed walking for six minutes while people make fun of him Yeah, <laughs> that was the that's the plot. I read the plot of Doctor Detroit, and it makes no sense at all. <laughs> uh, it is like a timid college professor has a crazy night with some prostitutes, and then pretends to be a pimp in order to help a different pimp out. <laughs> is this who we're looking at right now? Well, right now we're looking at a pair of hands. Yeah, in the Doctor Detroit control room. Yes, right. Uh, this is the Devo control room where they're monitoring. Right, Dr. he's secretly Dr. being puppeted by this guy and in, in mark mothersbaugh yeah yeah i've never seen this movie but i've seen this video multiple times because brayden and i's uh, mutual friend austin cliff was hugely obsessed with devo so i've watched the complete devo videography like a lot yeah. of times with him i i definitely watched the complete devo uh videography and i was watching this video going i've never seen this before um, right like it, it made no impact on me and like even watching it i was like oh i get the video for dare to be stupid so much more now like all like <laughs> half of the references in that yeah that was a that weird all song i don't think was a parody of a specific devo song i think it was a, in the style of devo yeah, it's right his, yeah. it's it's one of his uh, more famous style parodies right um here's a uh, dan Aykroyd dressed up in fat suit drag yeah mm. uh maybe my guess is what's going on here in the background while well, mark mothersbaugh proctors uh right in front of a green screen in a, in a latex suit that's also inflated, right? Like he's not, yeah. it's not like skin tight. It reminds me of like when in wrestling, they would have kids uh, dress up in garbage bags and go jogging to make like lower weights right, for weigh in. And that's what, what Mark Mothersbaugh kind of looks like he's doing. Because, you know, when Mark Mothersbaugh has to do weigh in for Devo. <laughs> right. He's, he's, oh, a featherweight. Man, <laughs> he's a featherweight guitar player. Uh, this is what they did in the 80s. Like before that, they had the belt that jiggles you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That, that's old school. That's like um, Road to Wellville stuff. It's like old 20s yeah. exercise. Never had the chance to try one of those. I get the impression it doesn't actually do much. I, it was it was based on like the premise. It was this very close premise to what we have now, which is just the idea that any movement would would help in weight loss. So they just made a machine that moved you. And apparently that, right. that wasn't quite right. It's like the shake weight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, I mean, the shake weight I'm moving at the very least. It's not moving me. <laughs> they have things uh, that are electrical things that you hook up to your body that just shock your muscles into tensing uh, that you're supposed to use while you're relax- relaxing that are supposed to uh, cause you to lose weight, but they're also fakey. Do, do they cause you to not relax? Because that would be my concern. <laughs> I don't think I would relax. I think it's something you tolerate while watching TV. Why uh, Why do you think that Dan Aykroyd was unwilling to appear in this video? I think maybe he knew the movie wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> that would make sense. I, I was thinking about like Dan Aykroyd solo projects and how most of them are not very good. East of Eden? Uh, Dr. Detroit is a good example. What did you say? East of Eden? Yeah. Yeah, isn't it the, the one with him, Rosie O'Donnell? Nothing but trouble, which me and uh, Will recently recorded a commentary on. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's wild. Wait, is that movie a part of Binding of Isaac? Well, uh, so you should listen to everything to Guppy, Jim. I mean, I, I have, but I don't 
remember it going that far off topic. I haven't listened to it in, in about a year. Well, we, we go pretty far off topic. There, there's a few movie commentary episodes now. Okay, that's pretty good. It's 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 a yeah, we were mean because uh, there's a big Isaac uh, patch that came out. So we did it as a repentance special uh, and had somebody <laughs> threaten to quit the Patreon over it, which was, I guess, mission oh, accomplished, you know, <laughs> just like, right. Yeah. Like that was, that's their one show. They're, they're so, they're giving you money just because of. Just to the, learn about the, Isaac too. Not just for our, like dicking around, which is 80% of all of them. Right. Yeah. Like there's no better way to, they can't like run the wiki through a text to speech. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> replace like most of uh, the factual content that we do. We did a lot of trivia from uh, Nothing But Trouble uh, in there. Like uh, about uh, Digital Underground? A little bit. Rest in peace. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First uh, appearance of Tupac Shakur in a movie when he was in the Digital Underground. This video this looks way artier at 25%. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, up until, yeah. until, until go- the Goblin in the Magic Murder Bag <laughs> popped up. But I like, was going to say devil, but yeah. Pretty early on, there was a shot of, I think it was this lady's mouth, uh, and it just flies by at full speed, but when it, it just lingers on her for like 15 seconds, it's very odd. Yeah. Uh, I think every shot being so much longer gives you this impression of intentionality that isn't really there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But we did, we did get the patented Mother's Ball wipe earlier, uh, which was great. We got to see Mark Mother's Ball float across the screen, which caused it to switch to a different scene. Right. Re- repl- like re-edit all the Star Wars movies with Mother's Ball wipes <laughs> instead of Star Wars wipes. <laughs> Just and okay, we come in on Tatooine, Mark Mother's Ball flies from left to right. Yeah. And we see Luke walking through the desert. And every time we see it, it goes five percent faster. One of the things I think about whenever I watch an old video like this and you spend a lot of time looking at people, did people just look different in different decades or is it just a function of how they dress in their hair? Because I always end up feeling like like, oh. like that, that's like an 80s dude face, you know, or that's like a 70s dude face. Like they don't make dudes like that anymore. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I imagine part of it is like the style of makeup and part of it is like the way the hair frames the face. Yeah. And, and like the, the film quality, like lighting and shit too. But it could also be like facial expressions. It could be like their attitude. Yeah. Like how everyone was dour in the you know old tiny pictures. They didn't yeah. open their mouth because their teeth were full of rotting nightmares. And sweaty in the 70s. I'm about to talk about the music itself, which is a little bit uh, off topic here. But I got to say, like this fake lap steel guitar solo mm-hmm. played on a Jupiter 8 is definitely the fa- my favorite fake lap steel, lap steel guitar solo <laughs> of any song I've ever heard. <laughs> it's a real and, good one. Yeah, and the, the uh, beat poet made a, a bass out of a bass drum. Uh, that he's playing along with it, which is pretty spectacular. Um, it's pretty good, yeah. I, I honestly, I think this might be the worst Devo song. That's my thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some late Devo that might disagree with you. Yeah. I will say that yeah. I like this song, and I'm pretty sure if I listened to all the Devo songs, I would find one I don't like. I really uh, like Devo lyrics most of the time. There's usually like some cutting sarcasm or, or observations in there but right uh, dr detroit's lyrics are just like sometimes life is like life oh yeah there's there's nothing there yeah i i went to the genius dot com thing to see if somebody could explain it and there are no annotations <laughs> yeah this this is not like devo is is a great band but i i think they're only really great for like the first like four records and after that it gets pretty iffy <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of phoning it in, in my opinion. But those first four records are really good. What, what did you think of the music they did for the Swiffer commercial? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've seen that because uh, commercials only recently re-entered my life because I started watching Hulu. Uh, for okay. just, I was watching yeah. no no commercials and would only watch them when I visited home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was mostly about the Charmin Bears wiping their ass and like the Charmin right. Bears mom's opinion on uh, her son's friends and how they wiped their ass. They're very opinionated. Incredibly opinionated disgusting commercials like all these kids just hanging out in the bear, bear basement just being like don't you hate getting streaks you know and all the guys are like yeah <laughs> like you said it bro <laughs> and then the the mom comes down and is just like i know what you're talking about try this toilet paper like what did they bring their own toilet paper why weren't they trying that one in the first place this is kind of horrible sleepover we had to bring your toilet paper from home yes yeah. <laughs> 
And maybe they live in a they live in a shared house where they like where they they share the bathroom. It's down the hall sort of situation. Yeah, some of the bears live in the human house, but then other bears are friends of the the sun bear, the teen bear, and they are clearly came over for a sleepover. So they they also have homes they live in with their own toilet papers that don't work that well. I mean, I I don't know uh, bear life. Maybe there's a, a transmittable toilet paper disease that affects mm. only bears, um, and maybe they're being cautious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard the radio lab about that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Jan. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, oh, I, I don't know. I just think that there has to be some kind of divine presence. I'm Robert Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> More jogging. I love how the most exciting stuff they can pull from this movie to be in the video is mostly jogging. Yeah. Like, according to Brayton, that's most of the movie. So <laughs> Jogging and pimps, the Dr. Detroit uh, story. I, uh, and like, yeah. I, I, I guess that the, the still frame of a hot tub that Mark Mothersbaugh keeps ducking into, mm-hmm. like, I guess that's from the movie, probably. Yeah. Is that where he meets the prostitutes, Brayton? Do you know? I, you know, I, now I really need to watch this movie, uh, if it's streamable anywhere, or maybe even on YouTube. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you a full report next time I'm on the show. But no, I have I have no idea. I I did read that. Um, uh, well, the video's over. We did it. We watched the whole thing. <laughs> this is where uh, Dan Aykroyd met Donna Dixon, which is uh, his his wife, and they've been married ever since. Oh, it's one of those Doctor Detroit marriages you always hear about. <laughs> <laughs> the curse of Detroit. Yeah, everybody who's in this movie gets married. Everybody. <laughs> Uh, I have to ask, when I was talking about the hot tub, did I say hot tub or hot dog? (laughs) (laughs) You said hot tub. tub. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, pretty sure. There are no hot dogs in that video. We'll roll tape after this. (laughs) He could certainly, like, fly out of a still frame of a hot dog. Yeah. That's true. there's There's a bunch of videos that feature hot dogs prominently. And you could meet prostitutes in a hot dog. Yeah. No. I did. I did notice that uh, it, it appears that Mark's mother's boss suit was inflated so that he had the basic body shape of Dan Aykroyd when they were like jogging next to each other. So I guess there was a reason. It wasn't just for fun. Had to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Got to. You got to make their silhouettes match. Yeah, yeah, for the chroma key or something for the green screen. Well, I was just thinking because it looks good. <laughs> it, it does look good <laughs> as well. Nothing looked great. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to say about the Dr. Detroit video other than I have it stuck in my head. And I think it's weird that Mark Mothersbaugh goes like, call the doctor, like uses like the Jamaican voice during it. Oh, is that what's yeah. happening there? Yeah, that's what that's what D that's what it sounds like to me. It's either Jamaican or Sting. Yeah, right. <laughs> it also might be like it might have something to do with the movie. Sure. Like D yeah. doctor, Dr. Detroit, the Detroit doctor. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, when you're talking about Detura seeds or whatever, <laughs> I kept saying in my head Detura Detroit. And so Dr. Detura, it's <laughs> not really a thing, but it was always popping through my head. Are we ready for another topic? Yeah. Yes. Fluffy, flexible fibers trap and lock dust on contact. You've never cleaned like this before. The sweeper. This looks great. It's not too you're dusting my house again. Brayden, your topic is mechanics or features of a game that the game doesn't tell you about. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing a lot of um, Elite Dangerous lately. I don't know if, if you guys have played it before. Have not. I've played the original Elite. Uh, so Elite Dangerous, to fill everyone in the audience in, is like a f- future space simulator, if you will. You get a ship, you fly around, you can either have a job or, you know, not. And that's one of the things that's great about it is is that it, it doesn't tell you anything. You know, it's, it's kind of hinted at that, yes, of course, if you go to this area uh, where it's at, where, that's called like a... Um, like a combat zone, you'll probably find people to shoot, you know, things like that. But one of my favorite things about this game was that they they had aliens in it, but didn't bother to tell anyone until someone just explored far enough to run into them. And then <laughs> it was just like, oh, we've released the aliens. They're in the game now. Like, which is crazy to me that like something that big would would be missing. Like, 
other things about the game that I love is I'm just finding out that there's this whole thing about guardian buildings where there's like guardian relics and then you can unlock other stuff. But there's again, nowhere is that hinted. You just like, I was just flying around and I found this guardian thing. I don't know what it was. I started scanning it. And the next thing I know, I'm like off on an adventure. Is is this an MMO? No. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> online and everybody can like other people can play it, but it's not like, I, I don't know. You play it solo as well. So I don't sure. really think it's an MMO. Is it but, like an MMO? Like, um, um, no man's sky is like, you could run into people theoretically, but you don't really have to, or you're yeah. not encouraged to. And the, there could be with enough like community effort, uh, like effects on things. If everyone went and bought all the gold, for example, and then just stopped selling it, that could be a problem. Um, right. Uh, but up until today, I really just haven't had any interactions with other people, usually because I'm just exploring. Um, but it, it's stuff like that that I, I really appreciate where they just like they just let you figure it out if you want to. You could play the whole game like within eight star systems, just shooting things if you wanted, and it would be a great game, I think. But if you want to as well, there's plenty of other weird stuff. Like there's a giant, there's a giant black hole that uh, is beautiful. Uh, that you can get close to and then, of course, die. But what a death. Yeah, but you can visit this black hole, uh, but they like it's. there's no NPC hinting that it exists or telling you, like, hey, go check out, you know, Quadrant F9er. Right. Uh, it's just a thing that you have to stumble upon. Yeah, I love that. I love that sort of stuff. There's a along similar lines. There is a game called Privateer from mm-hmm. like 93, maybe. Yeah, I think I played the sequel Freelancer. Oh, yeah, I played Freelancer as well. Uh, Privateer doesn't, it just drops you into the world and doesn't even give you the plot to begin with. You have to stumble on the plot. Like, you you just explore for a while until you happen to talk to somebody who gives you the main quest. Yeah. And but part of that is like that back in 1993 or whatever, people just didn't have that many video games, so they didn't really need as much of a hook to get started on something. Right. Yeah. Um, it was the more of the style at the time though, back in the day. So it's always interesting when you see a game doing it now. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of, um, like I didn't, I have not played any of the games that have been talked about. It reminds me of like playing Starflight mm-hmm. when I was young, which like you also don't know the main plot of like you start off with like kind of a quest, but it ends up opening into the real quest. And, uh, there's a bunch of little side stuff you can do that you just find. You know, like you can yeah. find Earth and the ruins of Earth, but you don't have to, you know, and, yeah. and, and that stuff is really neat to me. I wonder, like, I think it's interesting that all these games are space games. Yeah. You know, is there something about space that lends itself to this? Uh, I Just the openness, I suppose. Like, that's... Yeah, the, the openness and also, like, I would uh, guess that it's a lot more convincing to do pr- proc gen space than proc gen almost anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because real life space is actually incredibly boring, moment to moment. Like Daggerdale or whatever, not Daggerdale, uh, the second Elder Scrolls game. Daggerfall. Daggerfall. Daggerfall, which has just like the miles and miles and miles of proc gen forests that are just boring as hell. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And the unreadable dungeon maps. Yeah. Yeah. Randomly generated dungeons that are pretty lame. Yeah. Yeah, that, that stuff is interesting. Yeah, I just I like to contrast it with like something like a, a Dark Souls, um, which kind of also rewards exploring. But that's the thing is that it they're more tangible rewards, like most of the time. You know, you're kind of taught like, oh, go around this corner and maybe you'll find something. Whereas opposed to this, there just isn't there isn't a corner to go around, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the intrinsic versus extrinsic kind of reward structure. Like, are you exploring because you want to explore and your reward is the thing you explored or do you get a, you know, do you get a gamer treat for, for peeking into corners, you know? And then, and then there's, there's games where it feels like you should get the gamer treat for peeking into corners and then, but there is no gamer treat and that's kind of the worst of both worlds, you know, (laughs) just like random small dead ends that just have nothing in them. That's how you end up with like 16 bit JRPG dungeon maps with just like forked intersections where there's nothing at one end. Yeah, yeah. And you have a time limit, or you have to continually fight random spawning enemies. So you're kind of punished for for going, for exploring. Yeah. Well, yeah, games like Starflight, 
again, in the style of the time, it was expected that you would, you would play until like, and, and you'd lose like 12 hours later, like you just lost your game. You ran, you ran out of time and now you start over, you start a new game. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what, that's how, it, that's how it goes. Well, and what's, what's interesting about that specifically is like, if you had been taking notes, it's got kind of outer wilds feeling to it where, Oh Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of off topic from what Braden was talking about, but it's not you can beat Starflight in you know ten minutes mm-hmm. if, you, if you know what you're doing. And I am in like the kind of the same way you were saying with Elite Dangerous. Like if you want to just go to the minimal number of star systems and shoot things, like that can be the game to you. Yeah, you know, I, there's a, a quicker version, but if you want to push the boundaries and get all this additional knowledge, you can. Right. Yeah. 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 I think it's a shame that Portal didn't tell you about the fall damage until you already bought it. <laughs> I mean, they game really hard. <laughs> uh, are we ready for another topic? Let's yeah. do it. I'm a guessing boy and I live in a guessing land. Good riddles in my heart and enigmas in my hand. And if you want to live in wealth or stealth or fame, you play along with my simple guessing. Gary, your topic is which undead would you most like to become? Lich, ghoul, skeleton, ghost, zombie, white, Revenant, and you and you can't. You have to become one of them. So you can't just be like, "I want to go to heaven." No, I want to. I want to be in heaven as a ghost. Ooh, technicality. Because <laughs> um, you're just visiting as a ghost, right? You don't live there. I'm not here to tell you how to use your benefits. What What are the downsides of being a lich? Like you, you, you can go on vacation wherever you like. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm asking as someone who has has not played that much D and D. So uh, a lich, uh, powerful sorcerer, mm-hmm. right? You know, and you have uh, some access to some filacrity uh, style immortality, right? You know, like you don't die if somebody kills you. You die if somebody finds like your your jewel encrusted skull and like throws into Mount Doom or whatever. Right. That seems pretty good. It seems like that's, that's what I know about it as well. And I'm wondering like, okay, I would probably be terrifying. So it'd be hard to make friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. April wouldn't stick around. No, probably not. Okay. Take the kid and run. Yeah. Just like before my, my eldritch influence. Right. He's just getting in some real dark magic stuff. I just had to go. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your skin. You know, fall off all that stuff. You're pretty scary. Uh, so very isolating. Gary, is there a reason uh, vampires were excluded, or is it just because that's the obvious choice? I actually was just kind of doing this off the top of the dome piece. Okay. Um, but also vampires, I I think it was more of like a curse. These are things I think of that you could become, like as a process of death. Like if I just died, there's no chance I'll become a vampire. But there's a pretty good chance I become a skeleton. <laughs> oh yeah you already are like, yeah or, or like a ghost you know like it just kind of happens naturally so that's why i left vampires off but i do agree that vampires are the obvious choice i would i would cross ghost and white off of my list if if just because i feel like mobility is is limited and and not because i can't fly through walls because that's cool but usually ghosts and whites are like tied to a place right Hmm. And you, you, you want to be corporeal, like you don't want to be able to touch stuff. Well, I, you know, I, I can see the benefit of not being able to touch stuff, but I, I would like to be able to go outside. I feel like if I'm going to be around forever or for a very long time, being stuck at like the Chuck E. Cheese that I died at is going to get boring real fast. Five nights at Brayton's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did either of you guys see Ghost Story, that movie? No, I heard no. it was good though. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, it's depressing as hell, but it's great. It's about that, basically. Um, being stuck in the place where you die as a ghost. Uh, it is a very sad movie. Um, but good. Uh, so yeah, I would probably say those are probably tied to a place. Um, so you want mobility, you want to be one of these other 
other critters. Yeah. I lean, I lean towards Lich as well. Um, but you know, if I am killed, I would want to get vengeance. So the Revenant is also very nice. Yeah. But I feel like that that's a limited scope thing too. Like once I get my revenge, you have I'm, it. I'm back to being dead, dead. As a Revenant, you can like set the player on fire mm-hmm. and you can revive imps unless they've been crushed by doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know, the, and that would always be handy. Yes. Uh, I think the the clear loser of the group is the zombie. Oh yeah, that that's a that's a bad one. Yeah, so it's a it's a bad one. But I oftentimes think in zombie media, uh, if I could, you know, if it came down to like dying, you know, people are always just like shoot me before I turn. I don't know, man. I might roll the dice and like, what if it feels real good? Yeah, you know, you're a zombie and it's just awesome. Yeah, nobody it's can like the tell you about big, it. Big constant orgasm, and you're just like, fuck yes. Like I just, you know, it feels really good. Yeah, if you read the the text file that came with Quake and tells you the backstory. Uh, apparently the, like, the low level <laughs> grunts were, uh, wireheads where they were hardwired to feel pleasure whenever they killed somebody. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, which is wow. real sad mm-hmm. when you consider that like, they never kill you. They, they're, yeah. Yeah. The easiest enemy. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, I would rule that one out. I, I think, yeah, I think Lich is, is the way to go for, for me as well. Uh, I, I would struggle to have a, a lifetime dark purpose that I would need to come up with, but, you know, there must be something good. Well, you can also be like a Lich who has a purpose that's considered dark by those uppity heroes in the Forgotten Realms, but, you know, depending on, you could be like a freedom fighter, like one man's Lich is another man's rebel. Well, that is a good point. Kind of thing. Right. I, I say, I'm going to make a mild sell here for Ghost. And this is because I'm old and depressed <laughs> now, but like the idea of an infinity of years just to like read whatever books people are reading around me and watch whatever TV people are reading around me and then like relax sounds kind of nice. Yeah, it's like one of those and Twitter it, threads. It's very, yeah, it would be like that, but for eternity. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine the never ending Twitter thread? That would be my, my life in this point. And like to Brayden's point, it would suck if, you know, okay, like I die in an apartment complex where there's a steady stream of interest, but eventually, you know, that just becomes a barren field and I'm fucked and that would be really boring. But if I could, if I could move around. You could you die know? on the subway like Vincent Schiavelli in Ghost. Ooh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That'd yeah. That'd be pretty solid. Um, and then, yeah, you could just read the paper and, like, hang out and see, like, all those weird, lots of subway musicians. Yeah. That sounds awful. <laughs> not, a, not a fan yeah. of buskers? Well, no, no, not particularly. Yeah. If you were a ghost, you would be. Like, it, ghosts are the biggest fan of bucket drummers. You'd have to be. You'd have to become a fan. Yeah. How many years, how many centuries would it take Brayton for you to get into buskers? I, uh, it's, it's tough because you, I would also have to get off the, get through the guilt the, of just consuming culture and never giving anything back. What if you gave things back by like, you know, helping people spin pottery wheels and whatever <laughs> uh, else ghosts do. G- giving them <laughs> you know? some sort of inspiration in their dreams or something. Yeah, unchaining their melodies. Yeah. Those melodies have been chained up for too long. <laughs> Cock shotgun. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I learned from Ghost is that if I become a ghost, I can still make out with my wife. I just have to uh, corporally possess Whoopi Goldberg first. Hell yeah. And she's not doing anything. Right. Like, you could, you know, if you could possess, like, I didn't think about that, but like a poltergeist or, or something like that, like a ghost that could possess people like that, you know, ethically, you'd want to find willing possessees like Whoopi Goldberg. Right. But, you know, if you could do things for them, like, hey, I'll lend you my like ghost insight in exchange for like using your body like that, uh, that quest in, um, uh, boy, that the DLC for Witcher 3, you know, where, where the ghost <laughs> right, rides yeah. you to the wedding. Oh, sure. Yeah. That would be really cool. So I, Lich is a powerful argument, but I think I, I also, I like ghost zombie being the least. I think, I, I think also ghoul is, is too close to zombie. It's depends on the ghoul, man. Well, I guess you're right. I mean, if you're talking, what, are we talking like vampire, the masquerade ghouls? Cause they're not undead, right? Yeah. Like taxonomically speaking, I think a ghoul is just anything that eats human flesh. Hmm. I guess I think that is true. When, when I think of ghoul in this, I think of either Vampire the Masquerade ghouls or Lovecraft ghouls, both of which have a pretty good lot. Right. 
but it could just be like Brazilian soccer players who crash landed. So that's not so great. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And then you're just stuck on a mountain rapidly running out of people to eat. Yeah. You had just read a book about that, right? Did that book yeah. ever use the word ghoul? I'm sure it used the word ghoulish. Ooh, yeah. I, I don't think it, it uh, said it's, it's very bleak. I don't think it called them ghouls, though, because it's a really sympathetic read. Right. Of, uh, the Donner Party. Yeah. The, uh, the indifferent stars above, if anybody is interested, it's very good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need that in my life, but I appreciate the recommendation. <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, you could, you could, uh, you could probably be all right with it. Not everybody has my, my appetite for darkness. Yeah. That's why you're going to make a horrible lich, Jim. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, could, I could turn around the lich. I could fix the lich's reputation in the world solo by being the first lich most of people have ever heard of, actually. You'd be like the good billionaire. So you going to be an out lich? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. Oh, this was fun. Gary, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Where, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can listen to my podcast podcast at uh, duckfeed.tv. You can support our podcast at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. And you can follow me on Twitter at GaryBuh, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. And Brayton, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at your uh, closest bog water convention. (laughs) Delicious. It's slime time. What you drinking? Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.